Hello and thanks for downloading or streaming this podcast from Scarborough Borough Council. This is the November edition of In Conversation With, presented by Andy Carter and Gabrielle Janzio. Every month we chat to the leader of the council, Councillor Steve Siddons, or another member of the cabinet to find out more about what we are doing across the borough and an update on activity. Welcome again, Steve. Thank you, Gabrielle. This podcast is also your chance to ask questions of our political leaders. So if there's a burning issue or query you have, you can send it to us via email. The address is podcasts at scarborough.gov.uk. You can also visit the podcast page on our website, scarborough.gov.uk forward slash podcasts. Let's start this month with the issue of the closure of the Star in the Harbour at Whitby, which shut its doors for the final time earlier this month, November. The owner, award-winning chef Andrew Pern, blamed us for the closure, saying it was because of a lack of our support as a council during COVID. Mr Pern issued a news release making several, as we see them anyway, unfounded claims. The truth of the matter is we had been working with Mr Pern and his team at the restaurant for several months to ensure it could be successful. We even agreed to renegotiate the terms of its tenancy, but the restaurant walked away at the last minute. So, Steve, let's start with that. Your reaction to the news of the closure and those claims that were made about us? It's very disappointing that uh, Andrew Pern has seen fit to to close that business, which I think has been a, a great benefit to Whitby and the surrounding area over the last few years. The issue around the help that the council has given is very unfair on his part. We have given a great deal, as you've just said, a great deal of support to his business and every other business in the borough. And and that is something that we've focused on heavily over the last couple of years that we've had COVID. I think many businesses would have folded if it hadn't been for for the help that the council through money provided by the government uh, has been able to give businesses and, it, and it's amounted to many many millions of pounds and i think it's disingenuous of mr pern to suggest that we've not helped mr pern has to decide what to do with his own businesses and uh, I'm, I'm sure although we're losing a business in whitby there are other businesses of his opening in other places so i'm sure he will continue to provide that service but we will just continue to help all businesses as much as we can. We can't make special cases for individuals who who happen to be well known. Well, that's the point, isn't it? And we issued a statement at the time saying, actually, because we are the guardians of public money, council taxpayers' cash, we'll always be very limited as to what we can do to support individual businesses. And it was slightly, as you say, unfair, disingenuous for Mr Pern to suggest that actually we had oodles of cash we could just give to whoever we wanted. We can't. And, you know, other businesses who are suffering equally as badly uh, would be the first to complain if they saw someone getting more money uh, unfairly than they were. We have to be fair all the way through this. As you say, we are dealing with public money and we have to deal with it properly. Let's move on to another issue we wanted to raise with you this month, please, Steve, and that's the sad news that the plans for a a hotel, a £15 million investment on the site of the former indoor pool in Scarborough was withdrawn a few weeks back by the developer. What can you tell us about that and and what's your thoughts on on that, that decision that's been made? Well, we've been working with the developer for a number of months now, following the 
closure of the indoor pool and its uh, demolition earlier this year. We have been looking for an opportunity for that site. And we've been very clear about what we wanted to see there as part of the North Bay Master Plan. The idea that we leave that site empty is just not something that would be sensible in the current climate. So we've got a plan to build a hotel on there. That was always our our view that that would be something that we'd put on that site. And the developer came along and said, I would like to do that piece of work. And we've put together a very strong proposal. We are confident that the money that the developer is paying is frankly top dollar for the for the site. We've had it properly valued and he's paying far more than the than the, the value for a hotel. And he's prepared to put 15 million pounds into a project that will deliver a four star plus hotel in the area. Now that is something that Scarborough is desperately in need of. We've lots of hotels and lots of different standards and some really good hotels, private hotels but we don't have anything of a four-star plus standard. And that excludes some people from coming here, whether you, whether you agree with it or not. people Some people will only come if the quality of the hotels is good enough. And I think that he became concerned that the, the decisions that North Yorkshire County Council would have to make to finalise the deal, because we're moving us to a unitary authority, would cause difficulties in delivering that site. I'm still hoping to work through that process with officers and with officers at North Yorkshire County Council, because I think this is a really good project and one that will deliver and kickstart the redevelopment of the North Bay, which frankly, you know, everyone says it, it, we really need to get something done with the North Bay. And here's a great chance to get that started. It's good to hear that you're still positive about it then. So can you reassure our listeners that despite this sort of blip, if we could call it that, the rest of the vision, the ambition for North Bay isn't lost at this stage? Absolutely not. The ambition for North Bay stays. Uh, It will be the new authority that takes that on. Uh, But having a master plan for the North Bay is something that the new authority will be able to move forward. And it would really be a good start to that master plan if we got agreement on the hotel and started building it and it would start to deliver those uh, those things that we want to achieve on that site. You're listening to In Conversation With, a podcast from Scarborough Borough Council. So we now move on to the new brand that's been revealed recently for North Yorkshire Council, which of course comes into effect from the 1st of April next year. And the County Council's executive approved the branding um, in their recent meeting. Proposals that will initially be changed are to the tune of £400,000. And what are your thoughts on on that new branding process, Stephen, and the identity of the new would-be council? We did a similar exercise uh, in Scarborough Borough Council a couple of years ago, and people will have seen the benefits of that across the borough with signage that reflects the different kind of things that visitors and residents can do here. And I think branding is really important. People look at the cost of it and think, how can you possibly spend all that money on branding? But if it's done properly, branding will bring back much more money than is spent on it. 
I can't really comment on the detail of North Yorkshire's branding because I've not been involved in it. But but as a principle, I, I agree that branding is important and does need to be done uh, if you're going to achieve what you need to achieve. So I, I wish them good luck with that and hope that uh, hope that the branding works and gives people the opportunity to understand that there is a new authority there, which starts in April next year. Because I think at the moment, many people still don't really understand that. And I think branding is part of that process. So we were talking about money there, Steve. Another kind of money thing that's happened since we last sat in the podcast booth together was the November budget statement. The country's economy and our finances have gone through a few ups and downs uh, recently. What's your reflection uh, as a politician on on what we heard uh, at that statement from from the new Chancellor? You, you wouldn't expect me to be um, to be delighted by it. I think that it's the culmination of 12 years of appalling management of uh, the country's finances, in my view. Prior to this government taking charge in 2010, the country's finances were in a pretty good state and had been for a number of years. What we've seen since then, a continual increase in the amount of debt, and the debt is now approximately twice what it was in 2010. And and this government seems to be operating on the basis of we'll borrow money to avoid doing the things that they should be doing, such as building more houses for, for people, paying the appropriate tax to get the services that we need. You know, it's, it's like with local government. Uh, we've lost 67% of our budget over the last 12 years. And we do pretty well, really. And, you know, some people will say, oh, well, there was a lot of fat in there. And, you know, to some degree, there might have been a little bit. It might have been true. There always is in things. But the vast majority of that money has disappeared. And we cannot provide the services that we used to provide. So I'm not going to get excited about a budget that's telling us that, Rich people are going to carry on becoming richer by the day and poor people are going to have to suck it up. As you might expect, I'm not particularly pleased with the budget, uh, but it's what I've come to expect from this government. And the sooner we get a new Labour government, the sooner I'll like it. A lot of commentators are saying that austerity is on its way again. And as you say, we went through that very difficult period as public servants with budget squeezes to the point where we kind of had no money really at, at times. Are you worried that we've, 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 we've recovered from that to a certain degree, but now there could be another squeeze uh, on the cash to provide these services, which we know our residents rely on as well as value and appreciate? Is that, is that something you're concerned about? I'm always concerned about that and always have been while I've been a councillor, in fact, before that. I I am concerned as we move into the new unitary authority. The new unitary authority has got a lot of challenges ahead of it. And it's talking about making huge savings, which it's been asked to do by the government in order for us to get devolution. Frankly, I think if they just carried on spending the same money that we have now, they'd still struggle to provide those services. So I'm very uh, sceptical about where they're going to get this extra money from to make the savings that they want to make. And it just feels to me as though it could end up being another squeeze on on the people who can least afford it. And I'm, I hope that uh, I'm wrong about that. And I hope that the new unitary authority is able to make efficiencies, which mean that money can be put into those services that most desperately need it. Like 
children's education, adult social care and so on. One thing you just mentioned there a couple of minutes ago was this issue of affordable housing. We should use this as the opportunity to leverage in the fact that we have successfully got to the point where we're now about to go into a joint venture with a with a third party to tackle the issue of affordable homes in our borough. It's called our Better Homes Project. It's been a massive piece of work, a considerable and significant objective for your administration. You must be quite pleased that we've got to the point now where we are, your cabinet has agreed to this and and it looks like it's going to come to fruition. I'm delighted that we've got to the stage we have. You're quite right. Before the elections in 2019, we set about as a Labour group coming up with a plan for housing. We've suffered around about 2,500 people on the housing waiting list for, for as many years as I can remember. The private sector going to the market for these things has not worked. We've seen lots of new houses built in the borough, but very few of them are available for affordable rent or or even affordable to buy for many, many people. Uh, I think it's true to say that the average house price in Scarborough is about nine times the average salary. It doesn't take you to be very good at maths to, to work out that that is not an affordable situation for so many people. The project, we've gone through a very demanding process and we've come up at the end of it with a really good partner in Lovell. They are a a national company, they've got a huge amount of resources behind them and they're going to work with us to deliver over the next 30 years more and more affordable housing And, and the starting point is to have a number of sites, I think there are eight sites that the council own that we're going to put into the partnership and Lovell will build 700 houses over the next 10 years or so, which will be truly affordable. They'll be to a high standard. So people who buy or rent an affordable house, it won't be a second grade house. It will be as good a house as you can get. The quality of it will be good. The quality of the finishes, the quality of the environmental standards whether it's suitable for wheelchair access, all those kind of things will will be looked at and looked after. I'm absolutely delighted that we've got this far with it. We've one more hurdle to to come, and and that is back to what we were saying earlier on about another project, which is to, to get North Yorkshire County Council's approval to the scheme. Because this project could be rolled out right across North Yorkshire. It's not just something for for the Scarborough area. There are many other parts of North Yorkshire which have got real problems with housing, particularly in rural areas where young people can't afford to stay there and carry on working in that area. They're having to move elsewhere. So it it really could be a win-win for everyone, this. So I'm hoping over the next few weeks that we will be able to come to agreement with North Yorkshire about moving this project forward. And as we count down to the Christmas period, I think it's safely we can we can talk about that now. We're not too far off the end of November. I know some people don't like to mention the C word too early. The lights in Scarborough particularly have just come on um, within the last week and are looking fantastic. All, all low energy we might add with, with new LED bulbs, etc. really extensive. But we'd like to also support the town centre, obviously, with free parking, which I know we've done for many years. Um, do you just want to cover off, Steve, really, why we feel that free parking incentive is so important in supporting local businesses? Well, first of all, I'd, I'd like to thank 
the team that's been involved in getting the Christmas decorations done. That's a year-long project, actually. I remember the first discussions we had about that was back in January last year. And, and one of the things that I wanted to see as leader was us to, to do the best we could to help and support local businesses. They've had a tough time over the last two years. And uh, anything we can do to help that, I was keen to see happen. We've got a much better display this year. Hopefully we can build on that over the coming years and deliver a really magical feeling for the centre of town over the last few weeks before Christmas. Car parking forms a part of that. And car parking costs are always an issue for people. People don't like to pay for car parking when they come into town, but it's one of those necessary evils. And, and we feel that at this time of year, we will try and do our bit to help people. So by, by giving free parking on a Sunday and on a Thursday afternoon, we hope that will help people decide to come into Scarborough rather than maybe go somewhere else to do some or all of their Christmas shopping. And we've also got the ice rink as well and uh, Christmas sparkle. So th there's lots going on in the town centre. And I hope that over the coming years, we can build on that and, and continue to make Scarborough and, and the other towns in the area the, right, the place to come uh, to do your Christmas shopping. And I should ask there, Siva, are we going to see you on the ice this year on the rink? Oh, I don't think so, no. I know it's it's not something I've ever ever done. I can remember as a as a younger person trying to ride on my son's skateboard and that was disastrous. So I don't think I don't think Did it, I did will, it not uh, end well? No, it didn't end well. No. So you were the uh, man in the John Lewis advert this year then? <laughs> I, I think I was, yes, way before my time. Yes, it didn't end quite so well, though. <laughs> Wonderful. So moving from uh, one disaster to hopefully much better fireworks, then we look ahead to um, New Year's Eve. Would you like to tell us what we've got in store for the celebrations this year, Steve? Well, I think for the second or is it third year running, I, I, I forget, we've got New Year's fireworks uh, on New Year's Eve. There had been a few years where they didn't take place. And, and I, I personally got lots of people saying to me, why on earth don't we have something on New Year's Eve? And everybody comes out on New Year's Eve as it gets towards midnight. And people like to gather together. And it was very disappointing over a few years ago that uh, people would come out onto the uh, seafront or onto the esplanade and not see much, really, other than a few individuals letting fireworks off. So we, we managed to get a budget together a couple of years ago to do that. And, and I can remember the first time we did this, I was quite nervous about it, wondering whether we'd actually, whether people would actually come down and, and see the fireworks. And I was absolutely delighted when I went on the seafront to see there was hardly a square foot to stand, that everybody was there, everybody was enjoying it. Children were out, uh, families and lots of visitors. So it's a great occasion. I would urge people to go find a safe place to, to view the fireworks on New Year's Eve and, and come out and, and enjoy them and enjoy being with other people, other residents, visitors, uh, and having a good time as we move into the new year. Excellent. Looking forward to a great start to 2023. 
And we should perhaps quickly say that, of course, for information about all the range of amazing festive and Christmas events taking place across our borough this year, all you need to do is visit the Discover Yorkshire Coast website. The web address, very simple, discoveryorkshirecoast.com. So thank you for joining us, Steve. And before we go, let's quickly look ahead to next month's edition, which will be published slightly earlier than usual because of the Christmas break. This podcast is your chance to put your questions to Steve, or if there's something you'd like to ask, please email podcast at scarborough.gov.uk, along with your name and where you live. We'll put your questions to Steve next month. If you've missed a previous episode, go to scarborough.gov.uk forward slash podcasts, where you can download or stream all our content. And don't forget, you can now find this podcast and its sister programme, Boroughcast, on your favourite hosting platform. Make sure you follow or subscribe there and you'll get a notification when we upload a new edition. In the meantime, thanks for listening to In Conversation With. So from Gabrielle. Goodbye. Steve. Goodbye. And from me, Andy. Goodbye. For more news and information about the services we provide, visit scarborough.gov.uk.